Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 55 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host, as always. Excited about the show that we have for you all today, so we'll go ahead and start the show same way we do every week. That's with the breakdown. The breakdown is the weekly roundup of news from rugby in North America, um, just kind of around, and of course, world rugby. So uh, first thing we'll start out with is just another quiet week of news in Major League Rugby, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing this time of year. But they did put out a few things on their social that we wanted to talk about. So I'll go ahead and run through those really quick. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is MLR revealed this week. Uh, I think it was on Tuesday. Some pink merchandise that they're selling uh, announced that a portion of those proceeds would be donated to breast cancer research, which is awesome to see. You know, that's something that's important to a lot of people. Um, and, and throwing more money at it is always a good thing. So um, that's cool to see that they're, they're in a place they could do that. Second little bit of news I want to talk about is on Wednesday, Major League Rugby announced that Rhino Rugby would return as the ball provider for the 2021 season. Um, I think of the Rhino Rugby balls look really cool this last season. Uh, obviously, it's good to get that locked up and announced nice and early. So that was a good thing to see as well. So, again, pre- pretty quiet week of news in Major League Rugby. But with that, I will go ahead and jump into the second part of the breakdown, which is the Premiership Rugby update. There's a lot more going on in the Premiership. Um, It's necessarily good, but news is news and and something to talk about on the show. So uh, it's not a great update, unfortunately. But if you remember last week, if you listened to the show last week, we kind of talked about what what happened to sale sharks um, in terms of COVID. They had 20-some people test positive for COVID over a matter of a few days, which is not good. Uh, And they, they missed out on a playoff spot as a result. So they had the two semifinal matches last week. It was Wasps beat Bristol Bears. 47 to 24 on Saturday morning really wasn't as much of a game as, as people were hoping, but it was still exciting to see nonetheless. Um, so they'll face Exeter in the, in the premiership rugby final on October 24th at 11 AM. If it happens, that's a big if, because unfortunately, uh, like, like sale sharks were wasps have been bitten by this COVID bug uh, we talked about what happened with sales sharks. How they, they, you know, they missed out on a playoff spot. They had to forfeit, and now wasps are dealing with the same thing. So wasps revealed on Wednesday that four players and three members of the staff had tested positive for COVID, and their facility is closed until next week. Next week. Uh, so there's a chance that more players have yet to test positive. As, as we all know, there's kind of like an incubation period with COVID that we've we've been seeing. It takes a couple of days sometimes to to. Uh, a positive test, so that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, and it really sounds like postponing the Premiership final isn't a reasonable solution because England needs to assemble to prepare for the Six Nations finale on Halloween. So they're simply just running out of time. Uh, so Exeter, on the other hand, plays Racing 92 in the final of the European Rugby Championship Cup on Saturday at 9.45 a.m. So, so Wasp is lucky because they do have this little break, kind of like the Super Bowl, they have two weeks while Exeter finished up the European Rugby Championships Cup, uh, Champions Cup, excuse me. So so they have a little bit of break. They have some time to see what's going to happen uh, with the COVID situation, but it's not looking great so so far. A quick Google search as I'm recording this a little earlier on Thursday than I usually do. Um, I haven't seen any more news about WASPs, which I guess is a good thing. I'll do a quick Google search right now in real time. Um because I, I need to give you all the most up-to-date information that exists. But when I did it earlier this morning, no, I didn't see any new news. Uh, and it looks like... So, yeah, it looks like nothing new, which is good. 
um, in the grand scheme of things. That's something to keep an eye on, though. Obviously, we'll be talking a little bit more about on the show next week. Um, I think it's really interesting to compare kind of what's going on with because everyone's dealing with the same problems, right? But it's interesting to see how different leagues and different competitions are handling it. Obviously, with the NBA and the NHL, we had the bubble that worked like a charm. Uh, baseball and uh, so MLB and the NFL, they haven't they haven't gone with this bubble format, um, and they've run into some issues. Uh, it's kind of interesting to compare with the NFL and, and Premiership and, and some of these other rugby competitions that are happening right now because they're a little bit more similar, you know, than than baseball. I think baseball is a sport that you can socially distance, but but you got to take into consideration all the travel. You're staying in different places. Um, so it's interesting to see how, how everyone is dealing with the same problem because there's different ways uh, to handle it. There's always another way around to, to a solution. Um, but it, I don't know. I think that's interesting. The, it's, I'm geeking out on it, kind of just seeing how people are adapting and, and seeing, I don't know, what, what's going to happen, like how it's working out. Our teams, our organizations and, and leagues building in, you know, flexible schedules. How are they handling it? And, uh, and everyone's learning on the go, which is another interesting thing about it. So, obviously, that's something that we'll keep an eye on uh, moving forward. And, and we'll talk about it more on the show next week because I would assume that we will have a decision by the time the show comes out next week on what's going to happen with the Premiership Rugby Final. So, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into the next part of the breakdown. Uh, no Guinness Pro 14 this week, so we have a week off from that. But we do have Blood of Slow Cut Part 2. If you missed the last Saturday's match, so part one of that competition, I feel bad for you because it was outstanding. feels weird to say that because it did end in a 16-16 draw, but it was truly one of the best rugby matches I've ever watched. Um, I mean, it was amazing. It, I was on – I don't know how you could watch that and not be entertained for the full almost 90 minutes that the match went. And then the best thing about it all is that we get to do it all again. On Saturday, we get to watch it again on Saturday. So uh, New Zealand and Australia will square off in the second of their three meetings that make up this Blood of Slow Cup on Saturday night at 8.50 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's like I mentioned last week on the show. They're always late to the party, uh, but they do get it done in time. They're, they're just late, you know, in the lead up. But it did get posted, uh, I think, early Saturday or late Friday. So uh, it's on there now. I checked the next two matches are already preloaded onto ESPN Plus, so I see that the, the broadcasts are coming. So make sure you check that out. Um, it's awesome, and the best part about it is it doesn't start too late for us Colorado folk. 8.50 is late enough, but uh, it's manageable. You can get to bed before midnight. So with that, that kind of wraps up the breakdown for the week. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot going on in MLR. But plenty of stuff happening in Premiership, and we've got the Blood of Slow Cup to look forward to as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump in the interview portion of the show. I had a very fun interview with Nate Kreckman of Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 here in Denver. Um, and I'm not sure how many people actually know this, but Nate has also been the public address announcer at Infinity Park for about a decade. Uh, he's hosted Let's Talk, Let's Talk Rugby over the last few years, which is a segment that would run on Altitude Sports Radio that featured interviews with several different Raptors. Um, that was always a, a fun thing to tune into. And I was interested in talking to Nate because he is a, a Denver media figure that he admits on the on the show. He had no experience with rugby before taking the job at Infinity Park and has really turned into a big fan and uh, has learned the inner workings of the game. And, um, you know, you'll hear about it all in the interview, but I, I really did enjoy talking to him, um, kind of learning his experience with the rugby. Uh, so we talked about how he's become a big fan, some of his favorite players and memories 
um, some of the favorite people that he's seen come through Infinity Park, some of his favorite memories from these old Raptors matches uh, since he's been the PA guy. And we find out what happened to the podcast Stanza for any Denver people that listen to the show. Uh, that was a podcast hosted with Benjamin Hawkman of the Denver Post, something that was uh, massively important for me to get the bottom of because I was a big fan when I was uh, finishing up high school, starting college, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, and that that was a show that I did listen to and I really did enjoy. So uh, with that introduction, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Altitude Sports Radio host and public address announcer at Infinity Park, Nate Kreckman. All right, now welcome on to the show, Nate Kreckman of Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 and the public address announcer here at Infinity Park. Nate, how are you doing? I'm good, Colton. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for taking the time to join me. So the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show, Nate, it's the easiest one. Could you just tell us a little bit about where you're from? Uh, yes, I am from a town called Wakanda, Illinois. It is in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And uh, I grew up there. I moved to Colorado when I was 22, graduated from the University of Illinois, and I now live in lovely Lakewood, Colorado with my wife and our beautiful daughter. Very nice. Uh, I'm a wheat rich farmer myself, so we're f- around the same neck of the woods just, over there now. <laughs> just north. All right. Yes. Go farmers. Yes, go farmers. Uh, so can you take us through your, your broadcasting and, and public address career a little bit, if you don't mind? Uh, sure thing. Yeah. I, um, I, I started working in sports talk radio. I want to say 2000, I started interning in 2003. I started, uh, I was hired for my first job in 2004. I worked at a, at a station called, uh, Z five sixty Colorado's ESPN radio at the mm-hmm. time. And then, uh, from there I was a producer and update anchor, for a couple of years and then i got my first hosting gig around 2007 uh for mile high sports radio in denver i was there for a couple of years then i spent uh five or six years at uh at a variety of different signals that was known as the ticket mm-hmm. in denver and then when that went under i went to altitude sports radio when that started up and i've been there since 2016 so uh four plus years now over at Altitude Sports Radio, and in the midst of all of that, I, um, you know, I, I started doing uh, play-by-play of basketball and football, doing a lot of college athletics, um, you know, working for the Mountain West Conference, working at, uh, at Metro State, yeah. um, just doing a, a variety of different things there, and uh, you know, both radio and television, and then. As for my PA career, it really, uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't anything that I ever aspired to do, but I got a a phone call from the folks over at Infinity Park and they said there was an opening for a public address announcer and uh, they, you know, they had heard my stuff and they liked me and wanted to give me a, give me a try. And so I went in and I did it and uh, I've been the PA at, at Infinity Park, I want to say since 2011, 2010, 2011, nice. somewhere in there. So, yeah, almost uh, almost a full decade over at Infinity Park. That's awesome. Did you have any experience with rugby before you took that job? None whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not know the game one bit. <laughs> um, you know, fortunately – you know, uh, Linda Cassidy and, and, and the other fine folks over at Infinity Park, uh, they partnered me with uh, with a guy named Howard Stableford mm-hmm. and um, and and then our spotter 
Kimmy Allum. She, between the two of them, uh, Howard had played and coached forever. Kimmy uh, had played forever. And the between the two of them, I was able to kind of just glean as much knowledge as I possibly can. I would sit and ask them questions during matches. They would patiently explain yeah. everything to me. And, you know, here, here's the thing, though, Colton, is like a decade into it, there are still nuances, minutia in the rule of the sport right. that still throws me off sometimes because it, it is just such a technical game. The, you know, the rules of the scrum, um, you know, the, the rules of, of the ruck that right. are just so technical um, and, and the rules are constantly evolving with the governing bodies changing things that sure. uh, I can still get surprised by things every now and then but I've, I've got a pretty i would say a decade in i've got a pretty good handle on things yeah and that's something i'd agree with you nate because i played rugby a little bit in high school and then i started working for mlr right when the league was formed and it really honestly wasn't until i started working for mlr and i was watching all the matches all weekend long that i fully understood the rules of the kicking game and i know that's one thing a lot of people have talked about struggling to understand but it really was in the last few years that i was i kind of it clicked and i was like oh i get this i understand why they do this stuff now right right yeah it's it really it is just an unbelievably technical game and the closest thing that i would probably equate it to is you know i've been watching american gridiron football yeah since i was five years old and so all of the just in, insane uh, technicalities to the rules, they're just ingrained in me. They're kind of burned into my knowledge of the game. Um, but I would imagine, like, if I was on the flip side, if I had uh, grown up overseas and I only knew rugby and then I was adopting American football, I bet I would be confused as heck when it comes mm -hmm. to so many of these different rules. And so I, I think it's a it's a very kind of similar thing where it's it's second nature to people that have known the game uh, their entire lives for the rest of us. We're just right. we're trying to catch up a little bit. Right. And so I wanted to ask you, Nate, when when the opportunity to take the job came up, was it a little off putting because it was rugby? Like, was that a, kind of intimidating at first? Uh, intimidating. Yes, I, I would. I would certainly say so. And again, you know, my 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 first probably really my my first year. I, I spent it, you know, being overly cautious about what I was saying, what I was announcing in the stadium. Mm -hmm. um, I, I made a couple of mistakes. There's uh, I'll go ahead and admit <laughs> that, but there's no better teacher uh, without a doubt. And so but again, I was able to I was able to lean on the, you know, on the support system around me of Howard and Kimmy of them being able to. Uh, you know, correct me on things or yeah. make sure that I was making the proper announcement when it went down. And uh, it, it's, it's again, now um, it's pretty second nature. It's, it's funny because, you know, like, uh, like our spotter, Kimmy, she'll, you know, she'll buzz into my ear to tell me something uh -huh. about a, about a call or something. And it's just like, nah, I got it. And I'll just plow right <laughs> through and, and make my announcement because I know the game now, right. you know, but, yeah, I, I would certainly say that first season, maybe even those first couple of seasons, yeah, there it, it was touch and go a couple of times. I'll fully admit that. For sure, yeah. Um, so that kind of leads to my next question. I know you just kind of touched on it, but have you become a, a fan of the sport? I love rugby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really, really have. I've uh, I've become a convert. There is no doubt about it. That's awesome. Um, I, as I have come to understand, I, I've come to understand the sport strategically. I have come to understand. You know, who's who's good at the various different positions mm -hmm. 
out on the field and executing their roles. You know, understanding, you know, what does good number eight play look like? What is what does good scrum half play look like? You know, yeah. it, it's even even the props. I, I've started to figure yes. that all of that out a little bit, but I've uh, I've been able to gain that appreciation for the game. And yeah, I absolutely love it. I am a much bigger 15s enthusiast than I am a sevens right. fan. That's pretty rare, I feel like, too, I, I especially just, for some people like you that that are converts. I feel like a lot of people, especially relatively new to the sport, are more fans of sevens. So that's interesting you say that. I, I like 15s more personally, too. but I do as well. I just I think there's just there's a lot more strategy mm-hmm. to the game versus sevens is it's a it's a speed game. It's a fitness game. It's a skill. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting. Uh, I just prefer the 15s version of it a little bit more and I, I think it just makes for a a closer and more interesting contest i can't tell you how many sevens matches i've sat through where it's just like all right 38 to yeah. nothing here we go yeah you know it, it's just the the cream really rises to the top versus 15s uh you just you you can see upsets right i think a lot more in 15s i think it makes it a little more interesting yeah i know you're talking about eight man play prop play scrum half play is there a particular position that that you like to watch more than the others per se i like me again personally i love watching the the eight men oh it's it's yeah i, I love to watch a good fly half who doesn't yes. right yep. it's you know basically <laughs> the quarterback out on the pitch and uh there's there's just been some great ones through the years that have come through uh you know that, that have played here in glendale that i've really really enjoyed um you know the uh it's it's will mcgee Mm -hmm. just such a fun player to watch uh you know uh ada and nese malifa both played number 10 for a long time for the raptors i really enjoyed watching both of those guys yeah i'll uh i will fully admit i'm a i'm a sucker for good fly half play i like a fast winger (laughs) you know I, i i love a little bit of speed um, you know, I like, uh, I, I like good second row play. Uh, my dude, Luke white is a really fun player to watch. I love watching him slam dudes over. So yeah, yeah those are, uh, those are a couple of the spots on the field that I tend to appreciate. Those are fine choices. Those are, I like those. Uh, so the next question I have for you, Nate, is if there was any matches that, that you've called at infinity park that kind of stick out to you. And I, I, there's one for me, I worked the game. This is when I worked for MLR, but I worked the game against the arrows last year in the snow. Uh, And so that's one that kind of sticks out for me. But one of the things I do remember about that is your ability to not call, to not say the Toronto Raptors, because that was one of the things that (laughs) just every time you said it, I was like, man, that's hard for me to not write it. So for you to not be able to say that, I I appreciate that. And I, I respected the effort there. Yeah. The, uh, the one that I struggled with a couple of years ago was we went from the Raptors to the Merlins. Uh huh back to the Raptors right and then you know we were Glendale and then we're now we're Colorado Raptors right yeah so that uh, I've had to make those adjustments through the years there were um, for a number of years and this is going a little bit old school I want to say this is you know 2013 2014 ish uh, but the Raptors were playing in the Pacific Rugby Premiership League Mm -hmm. and it felt like in an annual basis, it came down to the Raptors and San Francisco Golden Gate mm-hmm. at, uh, at at Infinity Park in those championship matches. I just remember back-to-back years, those matches were just so unbelievably intense mm-hmm. and, and just 
physical, man. Like that Golden Gate team, those dudes were huge. Mm-hmm. Just a <laughs> bunch of Pacific Islander monsters out there. Uh, you know, and and the Raptors. That was a that was a skill and speed team that was out there. It was contrasting styles. Just just terrific, wonderful rugby that I really, really did enjoy. Um, you know, the, the last couple of years, you know, the level of play in the MLR uh, was just so good the last few years uh, between the Raptors and everybody else. It was good to see far more quality opponents right. coming in. And, you know, of the decade plus or decade now that I've that I've been the PA at Infinity Park, you don't see the Raptors lose at home very often yeah. at all. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a home field advantage. There is an altitude advantage that goes into it. that. And just generally uh, it's an outstanding club. And so you don't see them lose at home very often. And this sounds weird to say, but it was good to see them get upset a little bit the last yeah. couple of years, because to me that meant the, the overall quality of rugby in the United States was rising and that For there were sure. more clubs that were kind of kind of reaching to the level that, uh, that that they've been able to establish in Glendale. So I thought that that was really, really cool the last couple of years. Um, one other particular team that I just remember, and as I'm kind of talking and saying this all out loud, yeah. uh, the uh, the Women's 7 Series, that, that HSBC Women's 7 Series tournament mm-hmm. that was held a couple of years uh, in a row there at Infinity Park, the the New Zealand team, just one of the the finest squads that I have ever seen. Unbelievable skill and speed uh, from those women. I just yeah. they they were absolutely incredible. That was one of my favorite teams to watch that I have ever seen. And again, that was sevens rugby, but that was world right. class. You won't see it better anywhere. Uh, women's sevens rugby. So that's uh, that's a few of the matches that stand out in some of the the clubs that stand out over the years. Those are some good ones. I know I haven't. We've had some people on the show over the last few months that have talked a little bit about those PRP championship finals, and, and those are always fun to look back and remember. I know that's right around when I was helping out with social media and stuff, so I got a front row seat to all that, and that was uh, some good stuff. And I know for a fact that Infinity Park's itching to get the Women's 7 stuff back once all this COVID stuff calms down, but I have to wait a little bit for that one, unfortunately. Yeah, un- unfortunately, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm dying to get back out and watch some rugby. Right. Uh, one of the la- one of the last few questions I wanted to ask you before I let you go, Nate, is just being. You know, you've worked in in sports for a long time, and I was just curious as to what your opinion on this would be. Is what do you think it will take for rugby to really catch on here in the United States? Uh, you know, I think it's just it's continued kind of slow build. Yeah. Um, and I and I think it very much is going to be. Uh, it, it's. It's very much a, a niche sport here in the United States. But, you know, one of the things that's cool and one of the things that is really good and one of the things that I love about sports in, in this day and age is, you know, you can you can live here in the United States. But if you want to follow rugby closely in Australia, in New Zealand, in Europe, wherever you want, to, in the Pacific Islands, wherever you want to follow the game, we're able to do that today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can, you can maintain your, your fandom. You can maintain your, your interest, no matter what's happening in the world. You, you now get to do that. I, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, I grew up outside of Chicago and I'm a baseball fan. So the Chicago Cubs are my favorite team. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I can watch every single one of their games sitting here in Denver. I can read all of the coverage on their team 
right here in Denver. And it, it's even though I live, you know, half a country away, mm-hmm. it's I, I can still get to maintain my fandom. So that's one of the things I think is really, really cool and, and is helping to grow rugby here in the United States that, uh, you know, access to getting to watch world-class competitions is available to us you know as for the continued growth i mean one of the things i think is so cool is the glendale youth rugby program yeah and you know jenna ran that thing forever and she was so great with those kids and uh more kids playing rugby i think is outstanding and it's a fantastic sport for kids to play Mm -hmm. you know i for example i didn't grow up with rugby but i grew up playing soccer Mm -hmm. and uh, I follow soccer around the world just because I grew up and it was ingrained in me. So I think more kids playing rugby will help to grow the sport. And, you know, really, I the fact that Infinity Park is is right here. It's it's in Glendale. It is. I, I love telling people about Infinity Park that have never been there. Right. Because, you know, you, you try to explain to them, oh, yeah, there's a there's a rugby stadium over in Glendale and people think like, Oh, okay. So a field and a couple of bleachers right. or whatever. And you, and you try to explain like, no, it's immaculate. Okay. <laughs> it is beautiful. It is a world-class rugby facility. You've got to get in there and see a match. And, uh, and, and, and anybody that goes there is just like, I, I can't believe how, how well run, how beautiful this facility is. Uh, it really is awesome. And so I think that's one of the things that really helps it here in Denver and will help to continue to grow the sport. But uh, but, yeah, it's you know, this is a this is a football, baseball, basketball, you know, culture here in the United States, hockey culture yep. here in the United States. But as we have seen, there's there's room for everything. And I mean, there's no greater sign than look at the way the crowds have grown at in, sure. in infinity park over the years as the, the quality of play, the word of mouth, more people have experienced it. And, you know, as, as long as it's not, like you said, in the snow between the Raptors <laughs> and the arrows. Uh, and even then we still get good crowds, yeah. but a beautiful night at Glendale and a cold beer and some rugby and they packed the place. It's really, really awesome to see. Yeah. Oh, you, I was surprised to see as many people that came out to that match in the blizzard that were there to be quite honest. And it's like <laughs> you did say that it's might not be where, you know, all these rugby people want it to be just yet, but it is growing and you've seen it firsthand. I mean, from the PRP all the way through pro now into MLR and then now into, you know, the next steps, USA rugby moving here with all these touch ma- test matches going to be, happening on a more regular basis. It is moving. It's just, you know, it's a slow build, like you said. So it's an, it's encouraging to see. And then, Nate, the last question I wanted to ask you, um, how do I listen to some of those old Pod Costanza episodes? I can't find them anywhere. <laughs> uh, they don't exist on the Internet, I don't think. I was wondering if you had them on, like, a hard drive or something. <laughs> I... You know what? I think Benjamin Hockman has them uh-huh. somewhere. Uh, for those that don't know what Colton is asking about, the Podcastanza uh, was a podcast hosted by myself and at the time Denver Post columnist Benjamin Hockman. And um, he, it was supposed to be a basketball podcast. And we did talk about basketball for maybe the first five minutes of that podcast. And then it would go off the rails into, uh, well, obviously Seinfeld minutia, but, uh, you know, Saved by the Bell and Kung Fu movies and God knows what else we talked about. Uh, Video games, NBA Jam, just some of the most ridiculous things. It, It was unfocused and it was silly. And here's the thing, Colton, and I swear to God, I'm not 
trying to sound do the overly humble thing when I say this. <laughs> I thought the podcast stanza was so stupid when we were doing it. And I I would literally think in the middle of it, nobody wants to listen to this. <laughs> and to this I, day, I wanted to listen to it. That was like peak Nuggets fandom for me. Like right when I was, you know, dead set on the Nuggets, I was just like thinking I wanted to get into doing this type of stuff. I read Hawkman religiously and I loved oh. it, but I can't find it anymore. I was all this last week. I've been I knew you were coming on all this last whole week. I've been trying to find it on the internet. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's every uh, every couple of months or so somebody will hit me up and ask me about it. Yeah. I uh, I tell you what, Colton, I will reach out to Benjamin Hockman and yes. I will see if we can I don't know get a SoundCloud page or something like that and post old episodes of the podcast. Answer. We've talked about you know reuniting and doing it again. Um, it's, it may be difficult to recapture <laughs> the magic. Plus we both have kids now. Yes. So, things uh, change. Now we're, just, now we're just dads and we're lame. So, uh, it, it, it could be a little bit tough, but I, I appreciate that. And we will, uh, we will do what we can for you. Yes. The people need it, Nate. Well, that's all the questions <laughs> I had for you. So, uh, I really appreciate it, Nate. Um, big fan of the show. Listen every day when I'm heading home from work. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Colton. I truly appreciate it. Yep. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with Altitude Sports Radio host and Infinity Park Public Address announcer Nate Kreckman. Um, as I say every week, thank you so much to Nate for taking the time out of his day to come talk with me. Uh, the guests make the show, um, and I, th- I really enjoyed that conversation. I thought that was a fun one. It was a little bit different one. Uh, it's one that we you know, kind of have to find a rugby angle in a different way, but I thought it was really good, and I, I really appreciated the conversation with Nate, and I hope you all did as well. So uh, with that... We would kick it to the required reading portion of the show usually, but there is no required reading today. I didn't read anything super interesting this week that I that I felt the need to share with everybody. Um, but so I, I thought, you know, I'll be a nice person, give her over on the week off from reading. Uh, yeah, so no required reading this week. But uh, we'll go ahead and finish the show with the same way we do every week with the loop. Be sure to follow along with everything we're doing on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. I'm super excited about the next interview I've got in the bag for next week, so make sure you stick around for that. I don't want to spoil it just yet, but it is a good one. Um, It does deal with the United States Women's Eagles. They're training here at Infinity Park, Uh, so we talk a little bit about that with some uh, very interesting and important people, a very important player for the U.S. Eagles. I'm excited for you all to hear all that. So, uh, again, stick around. I've got some exciting information to share about the Rugby Town Crossover Academy here in the next few weeks. If you recall, Mark Bullock shared that uh, when he was on the show that they will have a camp coming up in the middle of the November. So that's taking shape. There, there's some uh, exciting stuff going on with all that. Just not ready to share it quite yet. But if you stick around, I promise we'll talk about that in a few more weeks. Um, it's going very well from what I've seen so far from the outside looking in. And I'm very much looking forward to that camp, seeing how that all goes and, and making some cool content out of it. So stick around. That will be, I think, in about a month from the time you hear this show, uh, that camp will be rolling. So we'll get started on that here in the next week or two. Um, but other than that, that's the show this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Nate Crackman for taking the time out of his day to have that conversation with me. I uh, hope you all had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll catch you all back here next week. 